Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you're listening, be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice, including Google, Apple, Spotify, and the Megaphone app itself. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we're going to recap what happened during the Vancouver-Winnipeg game that occurred tonight, in which the Jets actually played for the first time in weeks legitimately fun competitive hockey. Winnipeg's defense, already kind of on the thin side, had a, a bit of a surprise announcement that Dmitry Kulikov was scratched for this evening because of uh, either injury or illness, something along those lines. And we all saw that Tucker Pullman went out last game, and he might be missing a couple of games. Um, he wasn't out with th- tonight's lineup, and so the Jets kind of had to reshuffle their defensive pairings, which meant Sami Niku actually got um, a bit of an elevated role. Carl Dahlstrom also drew back in for the Jets, and the Vancouver Canucks are actually a pretty decent team. So this defensive unit actually had quite a bit of work to do. I'm not sure if Paul Maurice kind of felt that the Jets' defense wasn't really going to be able to hold um, Vancouver's offense back, so he cut the forwards loose because, I don't know, man, this Winnipeg team in the opening period of, of this game was just a totally different squad than we've seen over the past few weeks. To recap, roughly speaking, what happened in the first, like, two minutes, there was a goal that was waved off because it went underneath the net mooring after... Tyler Myers kind of collided into it and uh, lifted part of it. And then between the gap between the little peg that um, holds the post in place and the underside of the the railing, the puck actually slipped underneath. This was after the Jets immediately pressured Tyler Myers and the other defensive pairings early on in the game in like the first minute or so. Pretty good, pretty good start. Um, I like the Shifley, but you know, wraparound attempt, Ehlers and, and some of the other guys were creating space. It was a nice opening shift, a couple of shifts from the Jets, and uh, it really set the tone for the period. And then just a little bit later, like, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds, uh, the Jets get another offensive zone possession, and Sami Niku on the left flank kind of comes, drops down towards the the left faceoff circle, and no look throws a cross-seam pass straight to Kyle Connor, who just one-times it right into the net for the early 1-0 lead. It's a fantastic goal, and it showcased why Niku needs to be in this lineup more regularly. Lucas Abisa was basically saying in an earlier quote that Niku is poised and brings a number of elements to his game that 90% of defensemen in the NHL can't do. This is the kind of pass that you'd actually expect from someone like Shifley, Line or Ehlers. It was that good, perfect sauce, perfect vision, perfect anticipation, excellent deception, just as clean and nice of a pass as you could possibly have. And then, you know, still within this first two or three minutes, the Jets almost scored again, when I think it was Ehlers was coming in on on a uh, like a almost a sort of breakaway, not at hundred percent. He kind of jimmied right between two or three Vancouver skaters, and the pass was coming up straight through and split all of them and found found Ehlers. But instead of getting to him right at the last second, the pass was tipped, so it pops up in the air. No one can really see it. Ehlers at this point is already inside the zone, um, but the play continues. No one calls it offside. And the Jets ended up scoring on this, you know, kind of a busted play. Anthony Batetto threw this point shot from deeper distance, and it goes off of Edler's leg. And then instead of kind of deflecting wide, actually deflects in and down and goes between uh, Markstrom's pads. Markstrom didn't really seem to know where it was. He squeezes the pads kind of, but not enough to actually stop the puck from sliding through his pads, and then just over the goal line. It's obviously a greasy one, but, you know, it's the kind of thing that the Jets will take. 
surprisingly, though, what ended up happening was that uh, Vancouver decided to challenge it, and I thought, to me, that there was no way that this goal could be really overturned. All of the camera angles that um, TSN was showing, when the puck was elevated, you couldn't see it. I mean, it's lost in the crowd. It's a small black dot, and you can't really see where the puck is in relation to Ehlers' skates. To me, based on what I saw, it would have been really, 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 really close. And it was the kind of thing that I didn't think there was any conclusive evidence to overturn, unless there's some mysterious camera angle that the NHL has that we don't. Uh, and and still, the goal was actually overturned, which was, to me, very shocking. I didn't see it. I didn't think it was offside. But, you know, them's the breaks. So that wrapped up the first three minutes of the game, which tells you a lot about how things were going. And it wasn't like Vancouver wasn't creating chances. Um, after those opening few minutes, the Canucks started to, you know, roar back to life. They had an early power play. Connor Hellebuck had to be stellar, and he made some fantastic saves, some of which were a little bit fortunate, but, of course, um, Hellebuck also creates some of, some of his own fortune just from really good positioning and, and having pretty good reflexes for a guy his size. And then towards the, uh, I guess, middle or end of the period, you know, Adam Lowry, after he had a really bad giveaway uh, down the center slot in his own end, um, in the last game tonight, from his own end, he actually threaded this perfect, perfect pass to a streaking Roslovic right at the opposing blue line and split the Vancouver Canucks D. And, uh, you know, Roslovic doesn't miss. It pops the breakaway. Jets are up 2 nothing. Really nice performance. I mean, if I had to nitpick anything, I would say that defensively the Jets were very loose. But, I mean, given what their lineup was tonight, that's not really surprising. What I will say is, on the whole... This is how the Jets should be playing against teams, um, regardless of their skill level. Vancouver is not an offensive slouch. In the West, they're one of the top goal-scoring teams in the league. And uh, they're not they're not bad at all. They're not like they used to be. There certainly is some dead weight on the roster, but on the whole, I think the Canucks have a competitive, fun team, and there's a reason that they're fighting with the Jets for this second wildcard spot. Now, you know, it's not like the Canucks are really going to be playoff contenders to, to have a deep run or anything, but they have a pretty dangerous power play that um, I believe was ranked fifth in the NHL, something like that. Very dangerous. Um, they have, a, I, I guess my guy would, who would be the Calder favorite is Quinn Hughes, and Hughes is fantastic. If you've, ever, if you've never watched him, just an amazing skater and a, an offensive force to be reckoned with. And then they've got, you know, Elias Pettersson and uh, Brock Besser. They have Jake Vertanen, who is kind of all right. He's not is obviously not Nikolai Ehlers, which I'm not going to make that joke too many times. Um, but they have a, a decent supporting cast. Troy Stetcher, they've got Chris Tanev. Lots of decent complementary pieces. Uh, but again, you know, I think the, I think it would be fair to say that they put on a very good show, but they also had some really careless mistakes and lapses and, and some poor luck. And Winnipeg ended up taking advantage of that. The Jets played a much faster, more expansive game with a lot more offensive creativity, and for the first time in weeks, they actually drove that center slot area and attack the crease. Jacob Markstrom really didn't look comfortable at any point tonight, and, you know, early in this first period, he was under siege. And this is, like, the most fun the Jets have been in a long time, so, um, you know, I, I hope that this kind of play stays. If Winnipeg plays games like they did in this opening period, I would not care about what the final record is at the end of the season. As long as they give me a good time and a good show, and they're playing competitive hockey, that's all I really care about. The second period started off with a, a nice, pretty crisp opening because the Jets actually had um, like a, a power play at the end of the first period that ran, maybe ran for like six seconds, but ended up spilling over to the second period. 
and the Jets really didn't waste any time getting on the board. Markstrom, who still wasn't looking all that confident in net, kind of had an issue where Kyle Connor drops in low, and Connor's positioning sometimes in, in the attacking zone is a little hit or miss when he's not on the puck. This time, though, he seemed to, to kind of have a decent idea of, of just getting, sort of parking his butt in front of, of Markstrom and providing a screen, and also an opportunity to tip. Uh, so Wheeler comes on the right flank, and I think he was trying to pass it down low so that, you know, Kyle Connor could either backhand it or spin a shot or something. Instead, though, uh, Connor just seems to let the pass go. Markstrom never sees it, and I think it, it must have gone under his pad or something and right into the net. A really nasty goal to concede, especially with Markstrom's confidence. It's probably in the dumps at this point. But, you know, at this point, the Jets are up 3 nothing, and things are looking pretty okay. Early in the second period, especially after that goal was conceded, Vancouver kind of had a little bit of trouble getting into this the second you know middle frame. Um, I think that the Jets kind of started to showcase the amount of skill that they have, and the game was a little bit um, tentative in the second period. It, it was definitely still fast, but it wasn't as wide open as as the start to the first period. That said, I did see uh, Sami Niku, who already had an assist in the first period and was generally looking pretty confident on the puck and off. He had another sequence where he ended up, you know, partially spearing a breakout and fed a nice, you know, pass to, to Andrew Kopp on uh, almost an odd man rush. It was a very silky smooth pass, and then as the puck gets gets turned over and countered the other direction, Niku tracks back and tries to make a defensive play. Um, and it's just the kind of thing that you really like to see from a guy who basically had to fight his way into the NHL lineup and still has a bit to prove to this Jets team. In my opinion, he's already earned a spot. I don't really think it's close, and he just brings skills and stuff that no one else does. But all that said, you still want to see him find success, maybe get on the scoreboard, do some good things for the Jets, and convince Maurice to keep him in because, uh, you know, at this stage, Winnipeg needs all the puck-moving offensive support on the back end it can handle. Blake Wheeler also almost fought Jake Vertanen. Vertanen um, kind of threw a nasty little elbow into Perot's head that didn't get called. It was a cheap, dirty play, just completely unnecessary, and Wheeler was kind of, you know, squaring off with Vertanen, eyeing him up, saying, you know, do you want to go? Uh, Vertanen ended up declining, but if the fight had gone through, I'm sure there would have been a few cheers in MTS. Generally speaking, the rest of the second period it was on the quieter side. I think Vancouver owned most of the offensive zone possession. Uh, Winnipeg had a few good counters that ended up getting bro- broken up, or uh, maybe there was an unlucky bounce or something. But Vancouver was the one who kind of carried... I would say the general flow of play. The thing was is that the Canucks really weren't able to generate uh, all that much from the low slot. I think Winnipeg kind of did what it usually does, which is is to try and restrict offensive opportunities against from coming down the central area, mostly perimeter or long-distance point shots, which, again, some of those can still be dangerous, and they have gone in against the Jets. But for the most part, Vancouver really wasn't able to uh, to capitalize. The only trouble that the Jets kind of really ran into this period were a couple of um, not-so-great penalties. There were some tripping and a little bit of interference here and there. Uh, and two of them actually came on consecutive shifts, so that's not great. But overall, I think Winnipeg was all right. They definitely let off the gas, uh, and the PK was a little bit busier than you'd like. I would I will say, though, that, that when Cop was on the PK unit, uh, it was immediately more aggressive, and he had one particular shift where he ended up um, almost creating an offensive opportunity for himself, but basically grinded out a hard forecheck in the offensive zone to keep the PK unit from being a little too stressed. It's definitely clear that Lowry and Kopp are the two of the team's best PK, you know, skaters. 
um, and, and really they're great at all situations. Cop coming back has made a big difference for this team, and it gives the Jets uh, another even-strength opportunity if they need to swap somebody from the top six and move them to the bottom six like they did with Jack Roslovic. Roslovic, I think, has just been a little bit in over his head. He hasn't been uh, able to stand out in a particularly great way on the top line or or the second line. He's mostly just been at Wheeler's hip, and generally speaking, I don't know that those guys have a whole lot of chemistry. Ehlers mostly does all of the heavy lifting, and Roslovic is just kind of there. He hasn't been bad, and at times he's been a little snake-bitten. But I think if he plays with somebody who's a bit more on the forechecking side, like Adam Lowry and Andrew Kopp, I think that that's a much better match for his skill set. He tends to be somebody who can profit off of some you know space that somebody else has created for him because he has a lethal shot, and he can be very elusive in space. So um, I think that this arrangement works a lot better for the Jets and it definitely yielded results in that early first half of the game. Even though Winnipeg kind of let off the gas in the second period, um, I can forgive them for it. It's not like they you know, were in any real danger. Uh, the Canucks did have a few good shots and opportunities, but Connor Hellebuck was, again, very strong. You know, In the first period, he had to stone J.T. Miller on a clear breakaway on a power play opportunity. Uh, and then this period, there were just a lot of you know, sharp angle chances and stuff. The PK was probably one of the hardest opportunities. I think it was the second PK where there were some, you know, tips right in front of the net that either went wide of the post or that he had to be wise to from kind of distance shots that, you know, were a little bit screened and and came from awkward angles. So Hellebuck was definitely busy. I believe the shot counter at the end of the second period was like 26 or 27 shots from Vancouver. Um, They definitely were a lot more dangerous in the first period uh, but there were still a decent couple of opportunities that Hellebuck did have to fight off in the second. So overall, I would say that I was pretty happy with the opening 40 minutes. I think that the Jets put in a lot of effort. They definitely had some really great moments. Um, and this is just what I want to see more of from this team. have to say, the, uh, the third period for the Jets was a little bit looser than you'd like to see. Winnipeg kind of went full turtle mode, which is not exactly surprising because Winnipeg was up 3 nothing. They probably weren't too, too uh, stressed about giving up a goal or two, but they really sat deep, like um, the kind of sitting deep that they've done against some of the teams where the Jets ended up getting blown out. This is not really a winning strategy, but I mean, the Jets already had a 3 nothing lead, so I don't think that they were too concerned about conserving some energy and just kind of letting Vancouver try and stretch play a bit. Unfortunately for the Jets, uh, that, that did tend to create a lot of opportunities for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, The Jets' D were very chaotic, especially at the start of the third period, and the play was kind of going all over the place, uh, and and Vancouver was definitely close to capitalizing. And then as the period wore on, Vancouver started getting increasingly dangerous opportunities. A couple of them came, you know, right in front of Hellebuck, and then some of them went off the post. Uh, I think one was, like, deflected off of Hellebuck's pads, and then, you know, Pedershone tries to to shove it into the net. It goes off the left post and back out, and the puck is kind of skittering along. Hellebuck flops down and tries to tries to reach out and grab the puck. And the whole time, Hellebuck is making some jaw-dropping saves, including a uh, a real 10-beller on, on Adam Gaudet, who was wide open in the slot and had an easy wrister. And then also not really knowing where the puck is on a lot of second-chance opportunities and things. It was kind of a chaotic period, and I think Winnipeg was probably more lucky to come out of that one unscathed, relatively speaking. Um... If they kind of go through something like that in the future, I don't think that they will have quite the same fortune. Hellebuck was both really good and really fortunate, so 
Uh, yeah, I mean, bit of a chaotic end of the game. I think that overall, I was happy with how the Jets played in the first period. They were okay in the second period. The third period, uh, a lot less great, but I mean, you take it, you know, good with the bad. I think given the fact that the Jets had a lead and were still trying to look for some breakout passes and stuff, and actually a few of them did connect. Ehlers and a, a couple of other guys had some good looks on net, uh, either in one-on-one situations or, or close to breakaways, but you know, generally speaking, Winnipeg sat deep, kind of absorbed pressure and, and maintained their hold on the game, even though they actually didn't have much of a hold on the play late. I would say that this was a pretty important win. It gets the Jets pretty close to a playoff spot. Pending how the Oilers game finishes, the Jets might end up tied with Vegas for the second wild card spot. That's if the Oilers continue to own the uh, own the 3-2 lead. This is against the Nashville Preds, so I wouldn't I wouldn't expect that the uh, Oilers would concede too too many opportunities, but, uh, you know, John Hines' team is decent, not bad. We'll see what happens with that one. The Jets did lose uh, Carl Dahlstrom after the second period, so at this point, Winnipeg's defense, I don't even know who's going to be active. Uh, They might have to call someone up. I mean, we're really running slim. You know, Dahlstrom was one of our replacements, uh, and and now that he's out with Beaulieu, uh, Pullman, and Kulikov all out for at least a game or more it's getting a little bit a little bit scary man i mean the jets might might have to make a a bit of a transaction with somebody at least to get a warm body if they don't call someone up for the moose if they do call someone up for the moose i'd like to uh maybe see like leon gavanki or or you know one of the other guys maybe i don't really want to see nelson noje i don't think that noje is probably an nhler at this point so give us somebody with a little more upside maybe jonathan kovacevic I would totally be down with Kovacevic. Um, but, you know, the Jets are really uh, are walking a bit of a thin line here. They'll get Brian Little back sometime in the near future. Uh, Pullman should be back sometime in the next two weeks. Kind of remains to be seen. Kulikov will probably be healthy again. I think his issue tonight was just a temporary illness. Um, but if he's out for any longer period of time, yeah, I mean, Winnipeg's defense, you might as well just dress one of your one of your skaters as another defenseman i don't know uh or if they call somebody up there's probably going to be like an appearance from from noje or a shilling type because that's usually who the jets tend to like and so you know i would say that i'm pretty happy about tonight's win i think that it was a little costly in terms of personnel but you know the canucks played a pretty strong game i felt like vancouver was more unlucky than anything Winnipeg had a very good start to this game. They played fun, expansive hockey, and I think when they do that, they tend to get rewarded for it. So, you know, all in all, very happy. Jets, uh, you know, they didn't have to be amazing, but <clears throat> Hellebuck was fine. He had a 39 saves, so pretty good night for him. The Jets, you know, snapped a six-game losing streak at home, which I am pretty okay with. I will take that all day, and I am satisfied. It was a better effort that they put against the Nashville Predators, even though the shot clock was pretty terrible on account of the Jets basically just sitting back for half the game with a three-goal lead. Eh, You know, I'm not going to complain. I mean, they gave me enough entertainment value that I can live with it. Um, If nothing else, we got to see Hellebuck's save percentage go up, which is always kind of a fun thing. And uh, Patrick Laney had a couple of points. Nico had an assist. I guess Kyle Connor had a couple of goals. Um, one of them was an empty net, of course, but you know, yeah, you take what you can get. And, uh, with that, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always have a great night. Go Jets go.